and welcome to the very first episode of the Fan Fiction Tapes. We're a podcast about writing, and specifically as it relates to fan fiction. I will be your host today, Maya. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and I will be joined by... Well, that, this is a brilliant start. Hi, I'm Dylan. <laughs> and I am the producer and audio engineer, Ian, and our guest today... Oh, hi, I'm Cam. Longtime fandom gremlin, longtime fanfic writer. I recently got a degree that officially says I'm qualified to teach writing, which is terrifying. Uh, and I've been writing fanfic for more than half my life. So very excited to be here because this is a great intersection of all the things that I love. Very excited to talk about it. <laughs> so, are, so are we. Glad to have you. Yeah, um, I guess let's get started. Um with the topic of the episode in keeping with the theme of January, which is beginnings, uh, how appropriate to start on, our topic for today is getting started writing. Mm-hmm. Also known as great struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's something that it. a lot of people, myself included, have struggled with. So I guess just starting off with how do you actually put words on the page? This is something that I've seen a lot of folks in some spaces I'm in talk about having trouble doing. Is It's scary. It's terrifying, even. What if you're not good enough? Mm -hmm. Well, the best advice I have is just actually do it. It's, it sounds weird, but just put something down. It doesn't need to be good. It doesn't. It can be awful, even. But once you have something there, you can keep working. You can't make anything better until you have it in your hands to work with. Mm -hmm. I will say that as soon as you start doing it, it will always become easier. And this is something I have found whenever I have attempted to write. I managed to make some things. Uh, I'm someone who's a meticulous planner. So I got stuck in that planning phase for a long time. Uh, so when I actually do manage to write, I, I'm actually, I, I can get a pretty decent rate. I don't know about you guys, uh, how much you can write, you know, in like, I don't know, a few hours or whatever, and get out like a chapter of a fanfic or, you know, a portion of a story you're trying to make. I, by contrast, am very much a pantser. I sit down, I start telling the story, and then the story starts telling itself, almost. Uh, <laughs> I have very little plans. Oh, my plans are, like I said, meticulous. It's like, gotta go... What it is, you make the great outline for me and stuff. And then from there, it's just trying to figure out, you know, how does this all come together to make an actual story? <laughs> I I gotta be honest, I hate outlines. I hate doing them. I had to do them in school all the time. Ugh. My best essay I ever did for school was... I The only outline I had was I pulled in, like, three quotes. I wrote them on a strip of paper. That was it. <laughs> best grade I ever got. <laughs> And it's different for everyone. You know, some folks are like me and can't plan to save their life, and others are like Dylan and kind of need to plan. Cam, do you have any uh, special insights for us here? Ah, yes. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't sure to what extent the guests should be chiming in until certain parts, but yeah, I... As much as you want. 
great, a blank check. Maybe you will regret this. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I have, over the course of my time, not only teaching writing workshops in Discord servers and other places that I teach, but just in all of the beta reading relationships that I've been honored to be part of, um, for those not as steeped in fandom culture as I, lucky you, probably, um, a beta reader is someone who works with a fanfic author to edit their work. Um, you often, if you've been on archive of our own reading or rereading your favorite fanfics, you often see authors nodding to beta readers. Um, but one of the things that has often come up to me when I've been working with folks that I beta read for is they have this phenomenon of, uh, as, as I saw a tweet explain it recently, um, the, the fix that, that people spend a lot of time and thought on take them weeks to write, but then they can crank out 6K in 24 hours after getting some sort of drunken idea while out on a Friday night. And to me, not to you know make an allegory out of a shitpost, but that's kind of what I do, so it's fine. Um, but to me, that speaks to the fact that the second you remove pressure from yourself, the second it becomes easier to just start telling a story... Um, I'm sort of in the middle. I outline stories when I have so many ideas that I know if I don't put them in an outline, they won't make sense. But I am also a big fan of pantsing it. I pantsed my way through uh, National Novel Writing Month this past November uh, and did okay. And then I also wrote a meticulous outline for a project for a holiday fanfic exchange and ended up writing 14,000 words. But my approach to outlining or not outlining is fully based on how much pressure or lack thereof I felt the need to apply to myself and the story. I outlined the holiday exchange fic because it was a gift for someone, someone that I don't actually know. And so I felt like in order to set myself up for success in that particular way, I needed to have an outline so that I could feel secure in the fact that not only could I write something that this person would like, I would also make a deadline. But for my NaNoWriMo project, I didn't owe anything to myself except doing my best, and I knew that if I applied pressure to myself in the form of, you need to follow this outline and it needs to be this way, I would freeze up and just not do it, um, because I tend to make things more high-pressured than they should be, so I know that about myself. And that's the one thing that in every educational environment I've ever been in, I've always told people, like, don't feel... Like, you have to do anything that is prescriptive unless it's what's best for you. Because if you turn it into a chore, not only will you not want to do it, the writing, the planning, or any of it, it also won't be fun. And especially when you're talking about fanfic, if it's not fun, what's the point, you know? I think the love of fanfic is something that, to quote an old meme, can just be so personal. But if you're not vibing with it, you know... Don't force yourself. This isn't school or homework. You you should be enjoying it and having the freedom to tailor. If it sucks. If it sucks, hit the bricks. The bricks. <laughs> Real winners quit. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that's it's true though. If it sucks, hit the bricks. And if you find midway through, like I did with my nano project, that you don't like your outline, it's not working. Like throw that sucker out and start again. And if you're still not having fun tweak your approach until you are having fun and because storytellers you know it's yeah it's about the craft but I firmly believe that if it's fanfic short story novel anything you can tell if the writer is having fun and readers are more drawn in I would say by stories that the author genuinely loved telling no matter how weird it gets and I also think that there's it's no secret 
that a lot of writers published, you know, original fiction authors these days got their start in fanfic. And I think a lot of that is because of fanfic's amazing freedom and capacity to be whatever you want it to be. So don't, don't take that joy away from yourself, I guess, is, is my bottom line. Don't, don't make it devoid of joy, whether that means you plot meticulously, you go by the seat of your pants. Um, as long as you're having fun, that's what matters, as cheesy as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that kind of... Um, it's a good point to bring it into one of the things I outlined that I wanted to talk about today was sprints. Um, it's something that actually I hadn't um, mm. encountered until very recently, Cam, when we met um, in <laughs> the City of Progress server of... Kind of for those unfamiliar with the concept, a sprint is a short period of time, usually less than an hour, and you just try and see how many words you can write. Um, and kind of mm -hmm. going along with the um, kind of previous subtopic of you know just doing it, you know you're just getting stuff out there, you're seeing how much you can do, and it's a kind of collaborative thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've very much seen it form some sort of community uh, between writers and something that it can feel like a bit of a pressure thing and definitely part of why I use it for myself is it gives me some pressure and forces mm -hmm. me to do something it also is a lot of fun for a lot of people um, and I think that's important that you're having fun with it mm -hmm. I yeah I always say if oh go ahead Dylan sorry I got too excited <laughs> no no it's perfectly fine uh, it's all just like I don't know how I could do that uh, in terms of a sprint like, when I, I think about how I do stuff, it's like, do I get any planning period for the sprint? Is there pre-game? <laughs> you know? <laughs> do, do, do I get a 12-week training camp? <laughs> uh, Pre-gaming a sprint is just chugging caffeine and then praying. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> At least that's how I pregame a sprint. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know a few folks who will, yeah, they'll write out an outline before joining a sprint that's going on, and they'll basically do the sprint from uh, their outline. You know, they have this outline, they know kind of what they want to do, and then they'll roll with it. Um, for me, I like to do stuff at like one in the morning when I'm tired and a little loopy, and I just go with what seems funny. Mm-hmm. I have a story about that, actually, if, if listeners want a laugh. Um, so writing sprints in a lot of servers I've been in over Discord servers over the time I've been in those fan spaces have kind of just been you pop in whenever you want. If there's a sprint going on and you have a project you want to work on, you just join the next one. Um, and, and it's run by a sprint bot that essentially uh, will tabulate for you. Uh, you type in the word count you're starting with and the word count you end with, and the bot tells you how many words you wrote during that sprint, whether that's 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I've done sprints as long as an hour. Um, and it also tells you your words per minute. Uh, or if you're one of my dear friends, your words per hour, which was a very funny sprint to be a part of. But one time, <laughs> a couple years ago, I was doing a sprint. And one of the things about me is that I have a mild bit of dyscalculia. So sometimes I look at numbers and um, what I see on the screen is not what I type or it's not what I say. So I accidentally at the end of the sprint uh, typed in the wrong order of numbers so much so that it told me that my writing speed was seven words per second, which was very wrong and I don't even think is possible. But to this day, I cannot live it down. 
So even if you mess up in a sprint, take heart, friends. It's probably not as egregious as that. But it was also funny because, like Maya said, it was one o'clock in the morning um, and we were all going a little bit insane. So it was just really funny. And then the server admin at the time changed my server nickname uh, to, quote, seven words per second, end quote, um, which was very fun to explain to everyone else who was not in the sprint the next morning. So it, it's not only just about the writing is my point. Like, yes, it's it's at its core an accountability tool, uh, a way to motivate yourself away from scrolling Twitter or reading fanfic and actually writing something. Um, but it can also be community building in, in really fun and unexpected ways, whether that's, you know, taking a moment in between sprints to ask people what they're working on or share snippets, which are things that have happened in servers I'm in, or whether you all bond over the in-joke of roasting Cam for typing in the wrong numbers and ending up with an inhuman words per second marker and that's really fun the the community element and the the whole thing of you know no writer writes in a vacuum no man is an island etc etc um so even if you've never done it before if you're in a space that does sprints highly recommend just trying it and seeing if you vibe with it because sometimes it can be an unexpected way to make friends and you know also make fun of yourself (laughs) yeah definitely and uh something i want to tack on to that um i guess i'm the motivating force here is shame and fear of not being good enough with writing. Um, definitely something for me when I started writing was... Because I started writing with fan... Oh, okay. My c- recent writing career has started with fan fiction, um, and definitely something I felt a lot around that was shame and being ashamed of what I wrote, and then not thinking it's good, thinking it's degenerate even. Um, well, one, that was all bullshit my mind was getting to me. But also... It's it's a real thing, you know, people have to deal with that. Um, and what I did to get around with that was I waited until it was 1, 2 in the morning. This is where me writing at late hours in the night um, started. Um, so I would feel kind of a lowered inhibitions. I would feel less <laughs> shame and less of my social anxiety. And I'd hide mm. underneath my blankets with my phone. And I'd just write a little bit just mm. get something started um and i found it a little bit easier i was a little bit more prone to typos because i was pretty tired um but that got me started and helped me get around that and eventually i got to the point where i was able to write during the day i wasn't feeling that shame that fear of not being good enough because well i had already written a few things i i got to see uh really what other people thought of me and not what i thought other people were thinking about me Mm-hmm. I will say that <laughs> I've always struggled with, not just in writing terms, but anything when it comes to shame and not being good enough at it. In a way, I've always considered myself a perfectionist in the worst way mm-hmm. possible. As in, if it's not good enough, I don't want to, tr- you know, I don't want to try or put it out. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a struggle. So I I did eventually find avenues because I like to think of myself as a very creative person. So the avenue I found best to j- jump off at was uh, being a dungeon master. Yes, uh, D&D has helped me a lot in just like, now I, now I just write about everything in that world and I want to write stories mm. in there. And I think familiarizing yourself with like a place or you know a fandom in terms of fan fiction it can always help you because 
you always get interesting ideas when you're deep into stuff. You know, if you would say that you have, you know, a quote-unquote professional understanding of a, you know, another story or a subject. Mm. And I think that helps <laughs> a lot for someone. Like, you don't have to be the best writer in terms of writing ability, but if you know everything about a law or a part of a sort of an author's story and even the intention, like maybe looking at their other works and, you know, knowing how they typically would write something, mm. you can definitely fit the style down and the ideas. And I think those are often more important than the words written down. Dylan calling me out a little bit here for reading entirely too much Destiny lore. Um. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here going, ah, yes, my four fanfic character studies about the same character because she is one of few I feel I can competently write. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have my wheelhouse and I stick to it. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I had to very consciously shut off the part of my brain that worried about other people's reception of my work do not recommend this method at all. Um, but it was because a fandom that I write fic for very, very regularly. Um, <laughs> it's a, I'm not going to bring fandom discourse into this, but what I will say is that the fan, the pairing that I write for in this fandom for a very, very long time was a point of intense and unkind contention. And so I very quickly had to make a decision, you know, do I keep writing fanfic for this pairing that I love, even though I'm going to get crap for it all over the internet? Um, or am I going to let these people suck my joy? And I decided to go with the former and just made a conscious decision as I was writing all these fics to not care because I was having fun. My friends who also shipped this pairing would enjoy it. And if people didn't like it, um, the block button exists, although it didn't on AO3 at the time, but the delete comment button did. Um, and so <laughs> it was sort of like a trial by fire way to like... Um, get over myself and decide, you know, this sparks joy and I'm going to do it. Um, and then at the time it was also kind of a rare pair in the sense that only like four people were writing for it. So I was like, well, um, if it sucks, no one's going to care. Um, and so I gave myself permission to suck in that way. Again, don't recommend, like it was not fun. Um, but if there was ever a way to trial by fire it, when it comes to not caring about what other people think when you write stuff, um, that was it. And I came out of it a better writer. Um, and even when I write my original work, I, I kind of am like, well, you know, I can't compare it to anything because I'm writing this stuff because no one else is doing it. So who cares? We ball. That's my attitude. <laughs> it's not easy, but I adopt it anyway. <laughs> I had something kind of similar regarding my start in fandom. It's a little weird because, like Dylan, I'm very much a perfectionist, and this has definitely affected my professional life and my scientific career. Um, mm -hmm. To keep things short, I'll just say I'm a scientist for my day job, and perfectionism has historically been a big problem for me there. But when I was a kid, I started making stop mission animations and putting them on the internet. And <laughs> I was a kid, I wasn't thinking about really anyone else seeing this. So I just put it out there. And then combined with some of the first fan fiction I wrote was a very, very niche crossover between two series that on the surface didn't really have a lot in common and... I don't think very many mutual fans of. 
so I kind of, like Cam said, just kind of went, fuck it, we ball. Uh, and, you know, I was like, well, if it sucks, the only person who's really going to care about it is me because I'm writing it for me. Mm-hmm. Cheers to the professionalism versus perfectionism bit, though. Like, I'm an editor for my day job, so I have this thing of, like, anything I write has to be perfect because I'm an editor. But, like, editing and writing aren't the same, and intellectually I know that, but, you know, yeah. uh, there's always that niggling in the back of my brain, which sucks because I, I could... I, I would spend a lot less emotional energy forcing my brain to override its own perfectionism loop if I didn't... <laughs> have that in my brain already um but you know i don't know if anyone needs to hear this but just in case um there's a fanfic that i wrote um for the fandom through which maya and i met actually um that has been fully outlined i loved that fic so much i still do however i haven't touched it since the middle of 2022 and a good chunk of that is because of some things that were said about it and happened around it that really got in my head. And every time I would sit down to write that fic, that's all that I could think about instead of how much I loved this fic and the story that I was trying to tell. And I gave myself what I jokingly call the anti-perfectionist's permission to just walk away from it and not come back until I felt like I was ready, which I, I don't know if I'm the only one who subscribes to this particular brand of perfectionism. It felt kind of like a cop-out, like I was cheating like, I, you know, should just be able to, you know, get through it. Um, but again, like, you're writing fic for fun. And so if you have to, like, grit your teeth and white knuckle your way through it, it's not worth it. And that was a good thing for me to do for myself. Um, and it taught me good, valuable lessons. But it was hard in the moment because, you know, it feels like admitting defeat, I think, in a way that Especially those of us who have such, we hold ourselves to such high standards, that's not always easy. Um, but I think it worked out okay. I haven't gone back to it yet, but I think soon I will feel okay doing it again, because I actually miss it. So well, I guess it worked uh, out. I don't know. <laughs> good news for your readers like me. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and also, actually, a yeah. really, really good segue um, to the next thing I want to talk about, pressure and it external motivation and the dangers thereof um, ah yes i've definitely had sometimes i've written multiple things with external motivation i've written something for a friend i've written something because i was talking about it with someone in a mutual fandom space um mm. and external motivation can be great um it's helped me write a couple of things that i don't think i would have written otherwise it was because i know a friend wants this so i'm gonna do it uh but at the same time it's dangerous. Um, there's one or two unfinished works on my AO3 that are unfinished because the idea kind of dried up for me, or because the person who was partly generating external motivation, the person who I'd been discussing ideas with, turned out to be not a great person, um, mm -hmm. and not someone who I wanted to continue to associate myself with. And that, um, like Cam mentioned for herself, it soured it for me. Um, mm -hmm. when, when I tied the reason I wanted to do it to a person, when my relationship with that person soured, my relationship to that fic soured. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's been uh, actually since about mid-2022 as well. Um, I think this might have been the same incident even. Um, yep. <laughs> that I haven't 
really touched it. Um, I started feeling some wanting to go back to it uh, in October, but I've still not gone back to it yet uh, because partly of school. Um, mm. Pressure and external motivation, they're useful tools, but they can't be your only tools because they will backfire on you. Mm -hmm. Anecdotally, uh, I, uh, two of our members here, uh, the uh, producer and Maya, uh, know exactly how I have dealt with external pressure in the past. Uh, but it's more uh, self-made external pressure. <laughs> the way mm -hmm. I described it is obviously I'm a DM and uh, I used to run a weekly campaign uh, for people, which became uh, a bi-weekly campaign that for then some time it became, I wonder if Dylan's going to run at all this week. And uh, it was, it did come down to how at the time I was under uh, great pressure in just my regular everyday life. And that sort of, you know, made me not have the time to do what I wanted to do. And, and oh, that sucked. That sucked big mm -hmm. time. Uh, and, but now I, I think we found a balance, right, guys? I think we're going yeah. good. Yeah, I think yeah, we did. We're, we're playing more again. Yeah. Yay! And one of the worst things about it is uh, me not being able to run and tell this story that these guys apparently love. <laughs> they really love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And me going, why do these guys like this? I, I'm, I, no, <laughs> stop, stop enjoying this. I'm not that good. <laughs> But it, that's sort of the pressure I put on myself then. It's like, okay, they they have an expectation. And I feel like mm -hmm. I don't hit it. But they're fine with whatever. You know, they they love what I've been telling. <laughs> I'm here to roll dice with my friends. Yeah, that's, that's what just I'm here for. <laughs> and that's just the thing I always think about. Like, even in terms of, like, if I wrote something, I'd probably hate it. And then I'd have like 50 guys just going, nah, that's great. We're enjoying it. We want to see what's next. And me going, no, you don't. <laughs> and that's the sort of pressure we talk about, you know, when it comes to, mm -hmm. you know, writing is that you're often your own worst critic, you know? And, you know, well, often if you're not your own worst critic, <laughs> those people, uh, I uh, have too much confidence, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, Kim, you yeah, have something you like... want to say? Oh, yeah. I, this just reminded me. I, Maya has been privy to this. For the past like half a year, I've had a very contentious relationship with my own writing. Um, I, I worked myself into burnout, essentially, which had a lot to do with my day job and the fact that I was technically working three jobs. Uh, I am now only working one, thank goodness. But... I worked myself into such a state of burnout that I started, this is going to sound weird, but I have my own personal litmus test. Um, I've been a writer since I was 10, um, so over half my life. And there's this quote that I read on Tumblr back when quote blogs were a big thing, and it stuck in my brain. And every time that quote started surfacing in my head again, I always took it as a sign to step back uh, and uh, not 
not do as much of the writing thing because when when Dylan says you're your own worst critic, um, boy, am I. I have I am. I would even go so far as to say cruel to myself on my worst days, um, which nothing in this world is that deep. And like, I, I got it. That's a fight that I've been fighting for most of my life. Um, but there's this quote uh, the, the the I cite my sources, but please know that this actual um, this piece, this uh, piece of narrative nonfiction does c- come with a content warning for suicidal ideation. So please read at your own discretion. It's not heavy, but it's it's there. Um, but she, this writer, uh, Susan Rebecca, she's talking about her um her own personal struggle with writing uh and there's this this quote from it where she's talking to her therapist uh and she says i have it memorized i'm quoting this word for word um because i read it so often um but the the quote is the san francisco therapist kept telling me i shouldn't be terrified of creative experimentation i don't know what's going to come out of me i told her it has to be perfect it has to be irreproachable in every way why she said to make up for it to make up for the fact that it's me and I think about that a lot because, you know, like, oh, like Dylan God, said, we, yeah, we, we think that we have to make up for these things in our stories that are really only in our own heads because we're seeing like everything in our brains we wanted to put into something and everything in our heads that we thought should go into something. But all that, you know, all that anyone else sees, it's like that one comic that goes around all the time where someone else is like standing in front of two cakes going, sweet, two cakes. Um, but like the person who made the cake is like, oh man, that guy's looks so much better than mine. I think the panels are reversed, but whatever, you get my meaning. Um, but like, we as writers know everything we wanted to do. We as storytellers know everything that we think we should have done. But the people who are enjoying the work that we've and let's not forget, like, we're deigning to put this out in the world for free. You know, no one's making us. We're choosing to do this on our own joy and power. And so people are just excited that it's there. They're excited that they get to roll dice with their friends. They're excited that they get to read a fic for this, like, obscure pairing that no one's ever written for. And I have to remind myself of that a lot because I don't, as a writer and as a person, I don't have to make up for the fact that it was made by me. I just made it and punted it out into the world and it's everyone else's problem now. Um, I say it like it's easy, but it's not. Um, but yeah, this this piece, it's called Ugly, Bitter, and True and it's by Suzanne Rebecca, if anyone wants to read it. Um, it's weirdly affirming because, you know, like, she writes so beautifully and vividly and yet she's having all these insecurities that I have. Uh, and And I know for a fact that, like, my favorite author of all time has the same insecurities about storytelling that I have. And I'm like, well, if both of these people do... Um, I don't deserve to beat myself up for it because it's, it's common and it's not like anything to be ashamed of. I think it's just like a side effect of being human. Um, but like, be nice to yourselves, please. Cause it's like, Maya has witnessed me being the opposite. Um, I, yeah. we need, like we apply so much. Yeah. We apply so much external pressure on ourselves that, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and now I, I try to replace that train of thought with this screenshot that I have of my friend, uh, when I was having a, a freak out in their DMs about um, about leading this NaNoWriMo event uh, or something else. I don't remember exactly what was going on, um, but their response was, Cam, make a typo and calm down. And I was like, oh, right. Like, it's not that deep. Um, so I, I, I tell myself this a lot. Like, make a typo and calm down. You don't have to be perfect. No one's judging you. Um, also, this is solving nothing. That's my attitude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this and isn't... whoa, it's helped. I'm not so burnt out anymore. It's great. <laughs> Burnout is definitely a thing and something I have to try to avoid really hard because mm. I'm in a fairly demanding um, undergraduate program right now. And mm-hmm. I have to step back and go, okay, 
I'm not going to write so much. I'm going to let myself write over the breaks when I have that time mm -hmm. and then not put myself into the ditch. Um, I alluded to earlier uh, in this episode that I'm a fan of Destiny. I am. I'm a huge fan. But there will be months and months long stretches where I don't play the game. I don't boot it up. It's basically just left Steam updating on its own. And that's the most that happens because I get burnt out with it. Um, and I have to take mm -hmm. breaks to feel better about it. Mm -hmm. And then because Cam absolutely beat me to the punch with this transition and also we're running a little shy on time and I want to get to everything. <laughs> um, two cakes and the concept of originality. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely bludgeoned uh, here. Um, that, that was kind of brain. what I had noted in the outline um, of originalities for chumps. Nothing anyone writes ever is ever going to be original. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if it's Tolkien. Doesn't matter if it's Brando Sando. Doesn't matter if it's you, the listener. Doesn't matter if it's me. Mm -hmm. We are all affected by the world around us. And I'm going to borrow just a little bit from my physics classes for this. Nobody's a spherical cow in a vacuum. Um, which probably doesn't make a lot of sense unless you <laughs> had some specific physics classes. Uh, but in physics, we take certain assumptions. We make the world simpler. We treat everything as if it's in a vacuum, everything as if it's a sphere, because that makes the math easier and a lot more teachable. But the world isn't in a vacuum. You weren't writing in a vacuum. You've read books before, presumably. Maybe you've listened to audiobooks, or you've watched a show. You've consumed something. You talk to people. You are not isolated in a vacuum, and your work isn't either. So your work doesn't have to be completely original, nobody's ever thought of before. It can depend upon, it can reference, it can be built upon something someone else has done before you. I would also say, like, you could also, I've told people to do this quite recently. I, I sometimes dispense writing advice on TikTok, which is a terrifying sentence to say. Um, but I do that, and I, I, someone brought the same thing to me about originality, which is why the two cakes thing was in my brain. And I, I find it really refreshing that these days we're seeing a lot of authors both fanfic and, and like, you know, novelists and short story writers who are leaning into references that are like intratextual or, you know, clearly referencing some other work rather than trying to, you know, be original or just kind of letting it sit. Like, I, I don't know. Like I, like I, I told a friend of mine, you know, if, if Tamsin Muir, who's my favorite author, uh, if, if she shamelessly references everything from Greco-Roman literature and, you know, Catholic church customs to memes from 2007 on Tumblr. She shamelessly references those things in her books to the point where readers make a game out of trying to find and collect all the meme references. And I think that that's so refreshing and such a cringe is dead moment. Um, we're like, you know, trying to be original and failing sucks, but admitting and acknowledging like, yeah, everything comes from something else and making a game out of it and seeing how many shit posts you can fit into one fanfic. That sounds a lot more fun to me personally. I have also done this, so maybe I'm biased. <laughs> I, I definitely do the same thing. Um, and I know a few of my beta readers have called me out on that um, because something I've fond, I'm fond of personally is the end there was only one bed trope. Um, <laughs> and so I sneak it in as often as I can manage without it seeming a little contrived. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, we're here to have fun with it. And when you're referencing something or you're inspired by something and you're kind of doing something inspired by that, the folks like you who loved that piece of media, they're not going to be you a ripoff. 
they're going to go, hey, this is like that other thing I like. Awesome. I get more. Um, as Kem referenced the two cakes, it's not this cake is less fancy than that cake. It's I have two cakes and that's great. There's also like this bit of, I don't want to say psychology, but you know, when I was earning my master's, I was introduced via academic literature, which is very dry and boring, but this concept wasn't to like, you know how, you know, you say all over the internet, people say, you know, oh, tropes are tropes for a reason. Like there's a reason why, you know, so many people use them, but there's actually like a level of comfort attached to it. I was reading this paper back when I was doing my thesis on fan works and tropes and were mentioned in there as part of this greater commentary on why tropes sell, especially in, you know, genres like romance and mystery. And it's, it's because quite literally we as human beings, we like predictability. We like pattern. So if we see that a trope is happening in front of us, like there was only one bed, we know what's coming, which is subconsciously comforting to us as readers. And so we can focus on enjoying the new setup that we're being exposed to, like within the bounds of the trope. It's a really fun twist on something that feels familiar. So we're not totally disconcerted by what's happening. We know what's coming. We can focus on waiting for that inevitable moment when the characters realize there was only one bed because that's the fun juicy bit of it so whenever people are like oh i don't want to follow this trope i'm sitting here going well they're tropes for a reason have fun live your wildest dreams i know i do i will read the same fic the same sets of fic with the same tagged tropes over and over and over again because they're just that delightful and i think a lot of readers do too so for whatever that's worth also like if you think that's cringe consider that cringe is dead do whatever you want. It's free real estate. It's the internet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic advice. <laughs> um, Thank you. I do what I can. <laughs> I do want to get to part of the reason, aside from being a fantastic human being and a wonderful friend, why we asked Cam to be here today. And that <laughs> is um, a little bit more practical for a lot of authors, folks who don't necessarily want to stay uh, fanfic authors for their entire time and want to write original works and possibly even make a living off of that and kind of getting started in the industry. Uh, and can you have some experience and knowledge of this process? Uh, what would you be willing to share with us and our listeners? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so I will, I will state my credentials, I suppose. So I do have a short story published. It got published in September of 2022, which was wild. It came out the same month as my new favorite book, so that was fun. Um, I am also in the process of querying a manuscript, and I will explain what that statement means in a second. Um, I've been querying it for about a year and three months. It's a very long process. Um, so I have been um, privileged, and I do mean privileged, with a lot of industry knowledge, and I'm always happy to impart it. Um, the first thing that I will say is a lot of folks who want to publish... Um, I'll start with novels and then get into short stories, and I'll be very brief, um, and I'm also happy to provide resources um, in any way I can to expand on any of this. Um, but if you want to write a novel, um, writing a novel with the intent of traditional publishing uh, is going to require querying, which is what I'm doing. Um, querying is when you essentially write a cover letter, but for your completed novel, uh, this cover letter is called a query letter, uh, and you send it to literary agents in the hopes that one of them will like the novel enough to want to represent it to publishers in the hopes of getting you a book deal. That's a very simplified overview. Um, there is a website called Query Tracker, 
which provides a lot of great high and low level details on the querying process, as well as a whole host of resources on how to write a query letter, a synopsis, and so on, um, how to prepare for querying, and on and on it goes. Um, traditional publishing is not for everyone. I will be very upfront about that. Uh, and I'm not saying that in like a holier than thou sort of way. I'm saying that because traditional publishing is a great avenue for people like me who do not have the spoons, time, audience, or bandwidth to self-market. Um, self-publishing and indie publishing are very valid routes, and if anyone dunks on self-publishing, I tisk at them because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, self-published books are incredible and are oftentimes of better quality with more representation than traditionally published books because the market wants that. However, you have to sink a lot of time and money into marketing, cover design, editing, and so on, and for some people it's not possible. Uh, if you want to self-publish, there are a lot of excellent resources out there. There are some on uh, the Query Tracker website, um, as well as in a lot of different Discord servers. Uh, you can you can Google. There's literally uh, I think it's called Writing Discord Server Master List. Um, someone put it together when Twitter started almost circling the drain. And those communities are invaluable resources for everyone, whether you're drafting, editing preparing to publish or trying to get published traditionally. Um, and if you want to write short stories, if you're a one-shot person, you could very easily translate those one-shot writing skills into short story writing. Um, and there's a website called The Submission Grinder, which has not only a list of resources on writing and polishing short stories, uh, but also a list of publications that are open to submission or when they will be open next. You can sort it by everything from the length of your story to the genre of your story, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, mystery, thriller, crossover, whatever. They have a lot of different options. Um, and you can also track your own submissions. Uh, if you're like me and have memory problems, you'll never fail to uh, resubmit the same thing twice if you use the tracking system. Um, that's kind of a high-level overview. I, I don't want to go over time, but I'm happy to like go into whatever specifics the hosts would like. Um, but I, I definitely think telling original stories it carries a lot of different weight than it does in fanfic. You know, when you're when you're writing an original work, you feel talking about pressure. You feel this pressure to say something different than the whole host of other people who are submitting short stories or novels. Um, I found my niche pretty early on because I wanted to fill a void in my chosen genre of science fiction. Um, I wanted more chronic illness representation because I wasn't getting a lot, so I I tried to fix that. Um, but Again, it's like with fanfic. I think it's all the same at the end of the day. You're telling the stories you want to see in the world, and uh, as long as you're having fun and, and working on honing your craft, even if that's ancillary to just having fun, as it should be, um, there's something rewarding and, and, and slightly bizarre about holding something in your hands that has like your story and your name on it. Um, and I hope that everyone who wants to experience that feeling one day gets to, because it's, it's wild, it's cool, but it's, it's kind of weird, you know, because you're like a whole person with like work that people can just stare at. Which I guess is no different than AO3. But, you know, your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, I think that was um, very great insight, Cam. Definitely uh, stuff I didn't entirely know, even though I've known you for a while. Um, <laughs> and we may try and include some links. I know we'll definitely be able to do that um, in our YouTube video that we'll be putting up. Um, and then other sources, we're still not certain where we're going to have it. Um, but we'll see about providing those resources for listeners as well. If you can get some of those links, just make it easier for people to just click rather than you know, go back, oh, hell yeah. type out, um, hit all those buttons. Um, oh, yeah. And the other, th oh yeah, I forgot to say the other thing is like, I know that I've said this before, but especially when you're coming to original writing, 
joining discords or finding communities is really important, um, even if it's just going onto Twitter for as long as it lasts uh, and going into the uh, writer's lift hashtags or typing in, um, you know, something sort of like I found some some of my my writing friends and communities through uh, searching anything like, you know, uh, chronically ill writers or sci-fi writers, um, the publishing industry, especially when it comes to traditional novel publishing, can be very gatekeepy and borderline hostile to some marginalized groups. And part of why I'm so big on accessibility of information when it comes to writing and publishing and editing is because it's information that is not widely available and not standardized, which is icky and I don't like that so I try to do what I can to make it accessible um so plugging yourself into a community even if you're just lurking in a discord server to get uh, those little nuggets of information and tips um it is it is most recommended by me and a lot of other marginalized storytellers I've come across because the industry is is not built for us uh it's certainly not built for neurodivergent people it's certainly not built for people of color um and there are people who are actively and loudly working to change that but until that changes I try to I try to plug those communities wherever I can just to make it that much more accessible and helpful. Um, so highly recommend even just from that standpoint, joining some servers and lurking even just that so that you can have access to those knowledge and tips that seem so secondhand and easy for so many other people. So there's my other little spiel that I almost forgot about. <laughs> um, I guess if before we shift topics, we do have a little bit of time still do you have anything more you'd like to say um, in just a few minutes before we move on? Oh, yes. Uh, I think the other thing that I would add, especially about original storytelling, is if you're a fanfic writer and you're shifting to original storytelling, finding friends who are also fic writers and who at least are amenable to hearing about your original works is probably going to feel a lot more organic than going into a writing community of folks who are just writing original fiction and who haven't uh, written or read fanfic. Um, I say that from experience. I joined a few writing Discord servers, and I was very gung-ho to commiserate with other sci-fi writers, and quickly found that the way we approach our work, the way that we tell our stories, the, the phrases and vernacular we use were vastly different. I did not expect that, and I didn't like the feeling of like awkward new kid at school that I got as a result. So... I'm very fortunate in that I have many, many friends who are fanfic writers and who also write original works, and so I ended up just commiserating with them. It felt kind of weird at first uh, to talk about my original work, because I'm kind of shy about that sometimes, but um, don't be afraid to seek out community with your fanfic writing friends if you're pivoting to original work. Uh, first of all, if they're your friends, they'll support you and hype you up. But also, I've found from experience that fanfic writers turned original fiction writers. Uh, we talk about everything differently than writers who are who have just written short stories or novels and have never touched fanfic it's really funny um but i don't want anyone else to have that like you know new kid on the block awkward feeling um and again your mileage may vary uh, maybe it's just that i'm only funny on the internet but uh cannot recommend enough trying to be in community with folks who write fanfic and original works because uh, you'll find the transition is very relatable if you have those people uh and you know if nothing else maybe they'll write one shots about your characters which is kind of cool. <laughs> Spoken from experience, it was very flattering. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, and because we're running short on time, I'm going to have to cut a couple of topics. But one thing I did want to touch on before we go is research and knowing what you write. Um, and this is something that comes from a bit of a place of like 
personal, uh, forgetting the word, but just personal nitpickiness that about myself um, and not necessarily what I read is I have an insistence on everything being right. And this relates to my perfectionism. <laughs> um, but I want to do it right, do it right the first time and know what I'm talking about. And so when I'm writing something where it's not a personal lived experience for me, I do a decent amount of research. I have usually a whole Google Chrome window dedicated to the stuff I'm researching. Uh, and I've written some stuff that's sensitive topics that I don't, I haven't personally experienced. And that's where you always have to be careful as a writer. You have to make sure that you are not going to hurt someone. Um, and so do your research is my recommendation. Of You don't have to know everything, but know a few things and talk to the people who have lived those experiences. That's definitely going to just help. Because, yeah, I, I think, like, speaking as someone who people have come to me specifically with questions about representation um like you know do do your research but i also say like don't shy away don't let your perfectionism get in the way of shying away from telling those stories are there some stories that that some folks shouldn't tell yes i'm i'm white i should never be telling a story about the experience of being a person of color um but i do write characters who are people of color because you know diversity deserves to be reflected in the world as it is in story and vice versa. Uh, and, and I think that barring yourself from creating any sort of diversity in your worlds whatsoever is the opposite of what we should be doing on God's own internet in, in 2023 and beyond. Um, you know, and, and when in doubt, you know, especially if you're writing original work, seek, seek out a sensitivity reader, uh, make sure you, you can compensate them, of course, um, you know, work with people who, can carefully and critically evaluate the representation, but don't shy away from it because that's the opposite of what of what we want. We want more diversity. Um, but it is that said, it is obviously frightening to tackle a story with themes uh, that you may not have experienced personally. Um, and it, you know, research can only take you so far. But you know, don't don't get in your own way, especially about this stuff. Not to sound all serious and whatever, but hopefully you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of. Bounce off of something you said, Cam, and to provide a real-life example of stuff like this and how much it matters to people, um, I have ADHD and I have autism uh, in addition to social anxiety. So I've kind of alluded to some of that, and if you couldn't tell, uh, surprise. Um, but there is <laughs> not often a lot of characters written that are like me. There's not a lot of characters who have ADHD um, and not a lot of characters that have autism who are good representations. There are definitely characters that are written to have autism who are not good representation. Um, but still, beside the point. Um, Rick Riordan um, started telling a story mm -hmm. to his son uh, who had, as I recall, ADHD and dyslexia. Um, and it was a story about being, you know, yourself. And it's not that you're strange, that you're weird. You're you. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, he wrote uh, the Percy Jackson series, Percy Jackson and the Olympians and uh, the Heroes of Olympus and several. He, he's written a lot of books about it and he didn't get everything right. He didn't do a perfect job with representing ADHD. Um, there's some messages in his books, in particular an anti-medication one that's really only talked about in the first book that I personally mm -hmm. strongly disagree with. However he was the first one to really do this and in a way that reached me. Um, and I was undiagnosed with ADHD for most of my childhood. 
uh, and his books have always meant a lot to me. I kept reading them pretty much up until high school when I stopped reading a lot of things because life got busy. Um, mm. <laughs> he didn't do a perfect job. He made mistakes, but he tried. And that mm. means so much to me, more than I can ever really communicate. You don't need to be perfect if you're trying to do diversity. And I do strongly recommend diversity because uh, he who surprised the world is diverse. Um, but if you try, mm -hmm. people are going to notice. And maybe folks will reach out. If you didn't have the resources previously to access all of what you needed, folks are going to tell you, hey, this is my experience. You know, this is my lived world. And you're going to learn and you're going to be able to do better the next time. But doing it at all, you know, having something is better than having nothing. Having something that's, you know, it's not perfect. Well, what better can we do? Here, here. Totally agreed. <laughs> Especially coming from someone, you know, I think all DMs go, oh, I've got to play this character who is nothing like me. <laughs> you know, you got to, you know, sometimes just, how would this person be like? You know, well, people who are in like the realm of this character, what what do they do? <laughs> How do they act? Let's figure this out. <laughs> do work, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ian. How are we on time so far? Uh, we are getting close to one hour. So if you have a prompt that you want to wrap up with, I would uh, go ahead and do it now. Well, uh, this is a little hard because I didn't actually finish writing the prompt for this episode. Um, <laughs> but start with the beginning. Um, write something where it is the beginning of something, the beginning of a relationship, the beginning of a career, the beginning of the end, even. Some beginning. Uh, and we'll hopefully have a better prompt for you next time. All right. Uh, Cam, thank you for joining us today. Uh before we go, uh, is there any uh, work that you have uh, or social media uh, that you would like to promote to our listeners? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, so I hang out a lot on TikTok, especially if you like Tamsimir's Locked Tomb series, and also if you like writing, I am over there. Uh, my username is Hello Cameo, as in cameo appearance. Um, and if you like the things I say about writing, I do have a Patreon where I run writing workshops and record them for patrons, and we, we do writing shenanigans in a Discord, and my Patreon username is AlienWrites, A-L-I-E-N-W-R-I-T-E-S. Obviously no obligation or anything, but if you want to hang out with me there and hear me say more cursed things about writing, uh, it's there. But um, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, and I am very excited to listen to future episodes, too, because this has been a blast. <laughs> uh, we're glad you had fun. Uh, this was a blast to record. Um, shoot, I had something else I wanted to add. Um, oh, yeah, the um, neat tie to Tamsin Muir. Uh, you've heard her and her work mentioned several times this episode. <laughs> yep. I wonder why. Um, it's probably because almost all of us have read it. Uh, <laughs> our fifth episode for january uh will be covering her first book in the locked tomb series gideon the ninth um so if any of you listeners 
went, hey, that's neat. Um, might want to tune in for that. And if you haven't read it, read it. Assigned reading before episode. Just kidding. But you should read it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't read it, uh, I believe there will be a point during the episode where we breach into spoilers territory. So we will, of course, let you know before we get there. But there will be some mild spoilers no matter what, because, I mean, we're going to talk about it. But before we get into major spoilers and mostly just this is what the first few pages are, something we wanted to talk about was the beginning. Enough talk. Anyhow. <laughs> I heartily recommend it. It's one of my favorite books um, of all time, which is impressive given that I only read it a short while ago. Uh, but it is, it's very well done and very fond to the uh, cast and crew here. Yeah, uh, real, real fond of those books and really looking forward to that episode. Well, this is the end of the episode and I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in and giving us a listen. Um, we'll have links to all the resources and stuff Cam mentioned uh, in our description on YouTube. Um, if you'd like to share your work, uh, tell us about something you'd like to hear us talk about, or just give us feedback, uh, leave a comment, um, or you can email us at fanfictapes at gmail.com. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a new episode talking about a slightly more specific topic, how to get started writing your characters. But that's all for today. Bye! <laughs>